the scriptures this morning. And turn with me in the New Testament book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter one. First Thessalonians chapter one. Our Father, we ask now, Lord, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts and our minds to receive your word as it indeed is the word of God. That we might honor you in our response, in our activity, as we listen, as we study ourselves. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Saw an interesting interview recently about a, uh, a man interviewing a Navy SEAL. They don't like to talk a lot about what they do. But the question was asked, now you think about the Navy SEALs, these dudes go everywhere in the midst of anything. I mean, they are the definition of toughness. And he asked this to the SEAL, he says, what makes, uh, what, what is it about a, a, a person that causes them to make it through the, the, uh, the, the process of becoming a Navy SEAL? And the guy thought for a minute, took a breath, and he says, well, I'll tell you what doesn't make it as a Navy SEAL. The guys coming in that are all muscle-bound, tattoos everywhere, hoorah! Those guys don't make it. Because it's not about personal strength. He says, the guys that make it through, some of these guys are 5'8 and 155 pounds. What makes it through, what, what makes them a, a great candidate is they have the ability to look to the right and the left and help the person around. Think about that. What really matters when it's all coming down? Who do you want around you? Someone looking only for themselves? I don't think so. Are you that kind of person? But he likes a hero. I personally like the underdog hero. You know, the uh, the guy who, did, who wasn't dealt a great hand. He didn't have the best opportunities. But somehow, through hard work and persistence, He's able to do perhaps even more than the person who got dealt the great hand. Everything comes easy. And this is the kind of person that becomes a model to me. This is the kind of person I want to be like. I want to be that persistent, hardworking, never give up kind of guy. It says, whatever I face, I'm just going to keep going. You know, the church in Thessalonica was just like that. And as we begin our study in the book of First Thessalonians, we're going to see this church is definitely the kind of church we want to model. But let's remember as we study this, this church is made up of individuals. So we read about what the church did, with the, to translate that as what we ought to be doing, the kind of people we ought to be. The opening of this letter begins like all the letters written in the first century. First thing they do is identify the author, then the recipients, and then they present a greeting. 
And in this greeting, we learn that the church of Thessalonica is a church that was different than all other churches. There's something special about this church. Take a look with me, if you will. Now, as we begin, it's good to know that this church was written in the city of Corinth. And the city of Corinth was built particularly because of their sin. As a matter of fact, they began to use the name of this city to describe sinful acts to Corinthianize. It was a tough place, and it was a tough, tough church. We have two letters that Paul wrote to this church that is filled with corrections, what they ought not to be doing, to stop, to cease. And here he is in the midst of that, writing to this church in Thessalonica. And notice in verse 1, Paul was thankful for this church. I don't know that he ever wrote a thank, thank you letter to Corinth, uh, to Corinth, but he surely did to the church at Thessalonica. Notice these names, Paul, Savanus, and Timothy. Savanus is uh, Silas. You know about Paul and Silas through the book of Acts. And Timothy. We tend to forget that guy. You know, a couple of books of the Bible with his name on it. But, uh, but there he is in the book of Acts. He's very, very important in the ministry of Paul. And he says, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace. And this is where Paul, having completed those first three tasks, identifying himself, the recipients and a blessing, says, we give thanks to God always. Look at these words. Always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Paul liked this church. Yeah, there was something about this church that got Paul excited. Good, good things happening there. And then he tells us a little bit about it here in verse 3. Take a look at this. They hit the trifecta on this one. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus. There it is. Faith, love. That's the grand slam of Christianity right there, my friend. Living it out well. This is the church of Thessalonica. People of faith, love, and hope. And I'll tell you what. Difference isn't always great, my friends. You can be different than everyone else and, and not be any use at all. But I'll tell you what. This church was rich. They were a model church. In my opinion, a lot like Family Bible Church. They were, we know, for we know, verse 4, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you. Now, this is a rather young church, and here Paul is already talking about the doctrine of election. God choosing those whom he will save. As opposed to God sitting back and hoping, hoping someone will choose him. You know, God is active, actively in And you will notice the first thing that made them an, a model church is they were fully convinced of the gospel. And Paul begins to remind them of how they came to Christ. Because our gospel came to you all, not only in word, but in power and in the Holy Spirit 
and with full conviction, the Spirit of God knocked on the door and they kicked it open to let him in. My friends, full conviction, absolute certainty that Christ died for the sin, that he rose from the dead, and that all we need to do is put our trust in him. That he saves us. They were a model church, fully convinced of the gospel. And notice here at the end of verse 5, in verse 6, they had an appetite for the word of God. Take a look with me. And this appetite uh, took place regardless of whether they were in danger or not. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us. And the Lord, for you receive the word in much affliction. A little background. You want to know about the church in Thessalonica? Acts chapter 17. Here's the deal. You start reading in Acts 17, you'll likely read through the rest of the book. It is that gripping. But Paul had a habit of going into a town, and if there was a synagogue, he went to the synagogue first, to the Jew than the Gentile. And there he would reason with them from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ and that he has risen from the dead. And God gave him great success. So much success, as a matter of fact, that the Jewish leaders rounded up some troublemakers to cause trouble for Paul and to get him arrested. Persecution. You know, most of the New Testament writers, they took for granted that tribulation would be the normal experience of Christians. You know, people who make a stand for Christ, people who speak up for Christ, people who communicate the gospel to the lost, people who live their faith out. The expectation is that some people would hate you. That some people would persecute you. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Who's hating you today because of your walk with Jesus? That makes you stop and think. Well, my friends, they took in the word regardless of the danger. And the danger was real. They wanted Paul dead. They wanted him gone. City after city. As a matter of fact, he went on to Berea after that, and he preached in the synagogue there and reasoned with them about Jesus, that is, he is indeed the Christ, and that he rose, raised from the dead. And when they heard that, when they heard that, the Jews went into that town too and started causing trouble. Opposition everywhere he went, simply because he talked about Jesus. The expectation is that's the Christian life. Not just the magical Apostle Paul. So they did it regardless of danger. And notice the impact it had on them. For you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, even though it could cost them their lives. They had joy. And that's how it works, my friends. When you live it out, even when it gets hard, even when people oppose, that's what God gives the joy. 
You see, joy is different than happiness. Happiness is dependent on happenings. Oh, we had a good day, so we're happy. Everything was easy, so we're happy. That tasted good, so we're happy. What about when it's burnt? What about when people are cutting you off? What about when you're late because this lady couldn't get her checkbook out, for heaven's sakes? <laughs> How are you then? Stop staring at me now. <laughs> Says the one who lives with me. It ain't easy, is it? It's not easy. But it brought a great joy. And my friends, they were about a church because they were fully convinced of the gospel. They had an appetite for the word of God regardless of what it cost them. And they had been transformed. Their lives were different. Remember that experience after you had trusted Christ? And it wasn't so much that you had laid out a plan on how to live your life for Jesus and how you would be transformed. You just one day you look back and say, whoa, man, I am really different than I used to be. <laughs> I really talk differently, act differently, prioritize differently. Everything's changed. How'd that happen? Just lucky, I guess. Or maybe it was the work of the Spirit of God in my life. I would suggest to you that it's the latter and not the former. You see, they have been transformed. Look at verse 7. So they received the word and much affliction so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth for you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. So that we need not say anything. They were living it out. And their faith got spoken about because they spoke up. They became an example in their evangelism. Living it out regardless what it costs. We think about our world today and our culture, maybe the church. Eh, it's a little warm. I'll stay home. These guys were out there sharing the gospel knowing it could cost them their lives. Just a good idea to be aware that this was the expectation. Jesus said, look at going in. No, no hidden. Oh, it's going to be all happy and soft and Oh, the music is so wonderful. They hated me. They're going to hate you. They wanted to kill me. They're going to want to kill you. Leave it out, friends. Leave it out loud. So they became great examples to others. And notice also they turned to God from idols. And the order here is very important. Notice verse 9. For they themselves... Report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. See, they didn't turn away from idols looking for the next new thing. They turned to God and there were no more idols in their life. That's how it happens, my friend. We don't try to be good. 
when the Spirit of God works in our lives, we can't help but be good. They became great examples to others as they turned to God in everything. What a picture, my friend. And then to top it off, they put their hope in the return of Christ. Some people hope to win the lotto. Some people hope the price of gas will go down. What are you hoping in? Hope we get a new president, new mayor, new anything political? Is that your hope? Their hope was in Christ. You know what the word hope means? It's not like we grew up needing it. You know, oh, I hope I get one of these for Christmas. I hope, I hope, I hope. That's really a, a means wish. I really wish that was true. But the biblical word hope means the expectation of a fulfillment. Like this morning, my dear wife, Melody, went to get some gas and pick up some ice cream for tonight's events. And she said, I'm going to get you some donuts. A simple illustration of hope. Knowing she's coming, knowing she'll keep her word, knowing I'm having donuts. That's what hope is like. She said it was going to happen, and I knew it would. Jesus promised. He told us all that he would return. That day is closer than ever, my friends. We're going to read about it when we get to chapter 4. The dead will be raised in Christ. Those who have put their faith in Jesus and died will be raised from the dead. And we who are alive and remain will join them together in the air. So we will be with the Lord. That day's covered. But you know what comes with it? A time when every one of us will stand before the Lord and give an account for this sermon, for last week's, of everyone you've ever heard. Every moment you've taken to read the Word of God, you know the truth. You are responsible. Doesn't look like the church of Thessalonica had anything to worry about. They had the praise of the great Apostle Paul because they were living it out now. So listen, my friends, be careful how you live. Someone might be following you. Those little grandchildren, those neighbor kids. Maybe it's an adult that looks up to you. Says there's something different about that, but I want that. Be careful how you live. You gotta give an account for it. You know it. It's true. You will stand before Jesus. And give an account for every word you've ever spoken. Every deed you've ever done or turned away from. Friends, this isn't about heaven or hell. This is just about heaven. About reward. About showing him that he had not wasted a single drop of blood on you. And his investment came back in 
ask you this, who are you following? Who is it that you want to be like today? Careful your patterns. You just might become like that. And maybe you should stand before the Lord and wish you had it. Choose good models, my friends. And let me ask you this right now. Time for you to be honest about it. If someone has been following you in their life, let me ask you this. Are they more godly today because of it? What are we doing with our lives? What are we doing? How are we living? No secrets, my friend. Everything is known. And one day will be known by all. Live well. Live well. You don't have to be the big muscular, tattooed guy going hoorah. Just love the Lord your God and the people around you. We'll do all right. Father, help us. Help us. There isn't a person here that knows that there isn't more that they should be doing. Perhaps the habits they know ought to be in their life are not. Perhaps they used to be in somewhere along the line. They got dropped. Father, restore your people today. Give us the courage and the strength and fortitude to do what it is we know we ought to do. And for whom we ought to do it. Not the guy standing here, but for you, for your glory, for the good of others, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you don't have one of these little cups, We take this time, my friends, to remind ourselves the investment that has been made in us. If you have trusted Christ, if you have trusted in Christ that his word, his promises, his death and resurrection, my friends, he died for you. He died that you might be forgiven of sin, that you might be filled with his Holy Spirit, that you might live for him. And that ultimately your life, the subtotal would be this. They glorified God. They pointed people to Jesus.
their life by their words, by their deeds. There's a special place in heaven for people who open these to me. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I am grateful. He made a covenant with us. A new covenant. Jesus said, this is a new covenant in my death, my blood. He's talking about his death. And this covenant of forgiveness by faith in Jesus Christ. If you have never put your faith in Jesus, do it now. You're not guaranteed it today or this afternoon. You're not guaranteed it tomorrow. Don't put it off to another time in your life. Put your faith in Jesus. Will you stand with me? Will you stand with me and sing it out about this amazing grace? God's grace is giving to us what we do not deserve. His mercy is not giving us what we do deserve. We count the truth about our God.
จำตัวเอง